Welcome to the 13th episode of Guys Being Dudes Radio, the sub-podcast Boys Peekin'. On today's episode, we talk about Season 2, Episode 2 of Twin Peaks. Second episode, second season. Um... I was pulling up the the wiki to just do the the abridged episode um, breakdown, and it was really funny. It was like Twin Peaks and like the Google reviews and stuff, Netflix, and then it was um, God. It was uh, the I think it was a video. Is like why is Twin Peaks good? And then <laughs> it was. Uh, the Twin Peaks the restaurant and then it was Twin Peaks the Wikipedia entry <laughs> so I'm happy the restaurant is snuck in there also uh, TikTok clearly listens to me because they give me a lot of odd just random videos of waitresses from Twin Peaks <laughs> <laughs> really? yeah <laughs> that's wild I, I haven't hit that yet so this episode is uh, the 10th episode of the show, titled Episode 9, uh, alternate title, Coma. Um, <clears throat> Albert reveals that Cooper's insane former partner, Wyndham Earl, has escaped from a mental hospital. Donna takes Laura's place as a Meals on Wheels volunteer to investigate potential suspects, leading to an eerie encounter with the bedridden Mrs. Tremond and her grandson, who Tremond claims is studying magic. Tremond complains about the presence of cream corn on her plate, and Donna looks away, and when Donna looks away, the cream corn uh, miraculously appears in Tremond's grandson's hands. Ronette awakens from her coma and with horror identifies Bob as her attacker, Andy discovers he uh, is infertile and concludes Lucy must have had an affair. Leland recognizes a wanted poster for Bob as a man who lived near his grandfather's house when he was a child. With Leo in a vegetative state, Bobby schemes for Shelley to continue to care for Leo so that she can collect disability payments and she and Bobby can live together. Bobby's father, Major Garland Briggs, who works for the U.S. Army. I thought he was with the Air Force. U.S. Army. No, that makes sense. Uh, He works for the U.S. Army monitoring deep space probes. uh, Passes on a mysterious message for Cooper from the probes. Message being, the owls are not what they seem. Maddie has a horrifying vision of Bob. Blackie discovers Audrey's deception and restrains her. So that was a little out of order, but I think that was a decent enough job covering uh, the episode. So before we get into it, uh, what do you think? Good episode? Bad episode? Good episode as always, man. Um, <clears throat> you know, it had it had good twin peakiness in there, but it also, you know, it drove the plot a lot, which I enjoy. Like it, it hit that good balance between everything. That's so a, a back-to-back uh, episodes directed by Lynch himself. Um, oh, it we'll, goes to show you. <laughs> we'll go into the scene by scene. Um, I think it. we open on, I don't even know if we get a good look at the food. It's just Cooper scarfing down breakfast with Albert, right? Albert's yeah. uh, there. Um, there's also a barbershop uh, quartet, just kind of <laughs> like... <laughs> I know, I was laughing my ass <laughs> off when I saw that. I was uh, like, I was expecting them to start singing at some point. Nope, they're just in the background. <laughs> yeah, I think they hum a little bit, but like, they've appeared... Have they appeared in another episode? I feel like they have. Like, like they... In the background, not necessarily um, in the foreground. Or maybe it's... it's it, 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 I, They're not a thing. I feel like they're just a background gag. Um... Then we get we get Cooper monologuing about Tibet and like the history of Tibet. <laughs> What's his face? It's just so Albert's just so bored. Uh, Albert's <laughs> not interested in it. Um, Albert does make a joke about uh, 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 he's talking about the autopsy report for Jacques. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's like, yeah, in his stomach, he you know he's like license plate, uh, car tire, 
he's just rattling shit off and he's like you know Pin- <laughs> a small wooden puppet <laughs> uh he makes p- that pinocchio joke and then he mentions that the waiter like we discussed in the pre-show he that the, he talked to the waiter and that the waiter wasn't useful so a different wikipedia entry was saying that the waiter is like an illusion or a dream but it's like he's a real person um <laughs> it's just Al- albert saw him like yeah. <laughs> that's all you need to know um also that uh his ring is uh really gone um cooper's ring we get the mention of wyndham earl has have has wyndham earl been mentioned before not that i know of i don't remember okay. it ever being mentioned I, I don't know if the director, uh, David Lynch, during one of their two phone calls had mentioned him or not, but Wyndham Earl is, uh, you know, Cooper's former uh, partner. Um, that has gone crazy. That's all we know right now. And has somehow escaped the uh, insane asylum he was in or, or mental health ward or what have you. And then we see, again, the uh, Asian businessman kind of listening on um as they they have their conversation over breakfast uh we go to the meals on wheels part which is oh my god this scene was something else (laughs) um so walking on uh happy gilmore's grandmother is it is it happy gilmore's grandmother yep yeah uh so like they said in the, the summary donna's taking up the meals on wheels right um she she goes to Mrs. Tremont's house. Uh, this bedridden woman who, um, she like, <laughs> okay. So I don't. Without getting into like the 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 big meta narrative stuff, that child is an insert for David Lynch. Like <laughs> <laughs> some aspect of of David Lynch. Um the the magician child and the the cream corn becomes a whole fucking thing uh later in the the series it becomes like a big thing um she does mention like that they tried to feed her hospital food on the way out um which we got a whole episode of bitching about hospital food um but that she doesn't want creamed corn and uh, it's just in the kid's hand Back in my day, we didn't have plates. We just had to eat <laughs> corn with our hands. He said, eat cream corn with our hands. Yeah, he, he snaps. It's in her hands. And then, um, you know, he puts it in his fucking pockets. Like, uh, yeah. and she's like, she's just totally okay with it. Yeah. Uh, well, Donna seems freaked out, but like. Uh, no, but she, she's not as freaked out as she should be. <laughs> it was a magic trick. The plate is completely clean. Um, yeah, so I, I will, I do, I will touch on like the, the, the person with the big long, like eight hour or six hour thesis about Twin Peaks, this little section with the child who is, yeah, is an insert for David Lynch. I think that's, if you, when you get, look at the whole thing, it, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. Him snapping and the corn being there and not being there is supposed to be something about like, the magic of editing. Um, <laughs> it's. You have to plug it into a much, much bigger thing. But like. Otherwise, like. Otherwise, the scene just feels very out of place. <laughs> Which, I mean, even in this episode, it feels out of place. But like. It, it has nothing to do with it. As far as we know, this Meals on Wheels program has nothing to do with anything. Yes. Yes. In the greater context of like all three seasons and the movie. Um, this scene is even more out of place like it's it's not purposeless but we'll 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 get there anyway it's weird it's probably the weirdest thing we get and before the end um and yeah it's not the weirdest thing we get the uh fetish scene was definitely the weirdest thing we yeah get. I, I really <laughs> wanted to talk about that but um he says in french i'm pretty sure what he says in french is i am a lonely soul um and they tell her that like because she comes in, she kind of asks about Laura because um, she's being a Scooby and uh, they recommend she talks to Mr. Smith, which is like a, a neighbor or whatever that we don't see. He kind of like looks at her through the windows. He's, he's a shut-in. Um, the, the child, we get one quick scene of the child 
completely alone with the grandmother after Donna leaves. And he says, um, she seemed like a, she nice seemed like girl. a very nice girl. Not so. Okay. I, I will point this out. It's not seems it is seemed. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if that was intentional or not. Cause like Donna's on this like path to be shittier. I mean, I think she was always kind of garbage, but like, uh, you know, get much worse. Right, I just mean like, 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 like trying to be like air quotes bad, like Laura, where she's like wearing her glasses and smoking and and all that shit. But like, anyway, as far as we know, this Meals on Wheels thing at this point, the the clue is Mister Smith, something with Mister Smith because he was Laura's friend. Um, first time we've heard of Mister Smith, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't. I really don't think we get another scene with Miss Tremont in the rest of the series if i remember correctly <laughs> uh but no so then we we go to run it in the hospital i wrote here shitty hospital chairs <laughs> oh my um, god it seems like it doesn't stop either it's another one of those things yeah. where it's just like two minutes of them messing with the freaking chair <laughs> yes they're um he straight up just reads the instructions on the bottom of the chair yeah <laughs> harry truman don't don't sit down wait for the click <laughs> Um, yeah, because their hospital chairs are, are too high, and I think at one point Harry's like spinning it in a circle to see if it'll lower. And the whole time Cooper's like, "I'm sorry, run it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, run it." <laughs> and then um, I think I don't know if this was intentional, but like it's it's pretty clear. Like Cooper was shot yesterday. Like like he's in he's, pain this whole episode. He's he, in pain, he's he does in a solid that, job of it. Yeah, he's in pain that whole time, and like. Clearly, Harry's like a little bit more maneuverable, and Cooper's just kind of like half hunched over trying to hold the, the stool. Um, yeah, shitty hospital chairs. Um, they show her pictures of Leo and Bob. She is reacting enough for the pictures. They show her Leo. They don't get anything. Then they show her Bob, and she starts freaking out. And it sounds like she's trying to say train. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that's all we get out of that. Um, yeah, because you're just train, train, train. He's like, are you saying you're on the train now? And yeah. then we get a great Ben and Jerry scene. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I wrote, I was like, I, as I was watching it, I was like, Coach is going to love this one. Um, <laughs> Jerry is just there eating a smoked cheese pig. Um, just, just like just eating a thing of smoked cheese, no bread, no, yep. just eating yep. smoked cheese. Listen, he had six pe- baguettes a day, or whatever the fuck he was saying. Um, <laughs> the man, the man likes his cheese, and uh, so Ben is trying to reason through which ledger they should destroy, or if they should destroy either of them. And Jerry is there eating his cheese, and he's like, "Yeah." You know, we've got two ledgers and a smoked cheese pig, and we got to burn something. something. And it's not going to be my pig. <laughs> and then Ben is just like totally okay with it. Like, yeah, yeah. of course we're not going to burn the pig. Uh, but he's like, I think Jerry repeats, which one do we burn? Like three times. <laughs> um, I think the only thing we're certain about is that we're not certain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he also has the comment, depending on how one looks at the situation, either decision could be advantageous. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Jerry's contributing nothing, pretty much, while Ben as, is like... As, as he usually contributes nothing. <laughs> he's eaten. Well, Ben is like, you know, if we burn the, the... If we keep the true ledger, we can blame everything on Catherine, who is missing. Um, presumed dead, but let's be real. Yeah, it's a soap opera. Uh, we can blame everything on Catherine. If we keep the... If we use the bad ledger, the, the false numbers, then maybe we can get a better deal uh, flipping the land. Um, I mean, they should already know. They should Flipping everything is free money. So... It's easy. It's like flipping houses. Um, they decide to keep both of them. Then um, 
Yeah, then they're like, we gotta burn something, so then he pulls out marshmallows. <laughs> As death. dying watching and, that. And Jerry, Jerry yells, get the hickory sticks! <laughs> That's the entire, it was just so ridiculous. It's just like, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> like, well, we can't burn, you can't burn your smoke gouda. Yeah. So what about these? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Honestly, like, get the hickory. Is that like so much of this show is like something that you know our game would make? It's just like stupid shit that makes zero sense, yeah. has zero application to anything. But it's just somebody made a joke and we thought it was funny, so let's just throw it in the show. <laughs> well, as, as a as a super big aside, um, you know the whole thing with. Oh God! What's the what's the Bill and Ted the Bill and Ted movies that yep. like where they say station a lot? Yeah, it's because like it was just an inside joke that uh, for our listeners they they were rewriting the script and for whatever reason police station was on the end of one page but police got cut as they were doing cuts so then it just said station so then everybody started making fun of the writer or like making jokes around set saying station a lot so then they like in every movie all three of them they've either they've written it into the 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 movies now where they just are like when they for anything they'll say something's cool or like yes or righteous and instead they'll just say station <laughs> and that joke is never explained to fucking anybody until like 10 years after the 20 years after the movies came out one of the writers was doing an interview and he's like oh yeah it's, it's an in joke it's a dumb in joke like <laughs> i did not know that <laughs> yeah uh i think it's from the first one that they were supposed to go to the police station and, and they just cut it so it just says or like they cut a scene and then like at the back of somebody's script it just said station on it so they're <laughs> like what was this supposed to be <laughs> um so back to back to uh, the other ridiculous thing uh twin peaks we go to the <laughs> double R sticks. yeah we go to double get Dynamics. over that line <laughs> and uh andy's covered in tape um oh my god at first i was like what the hell is he doing i'm like oh my god he's covered in tape from hanging up a goddamn poster yeah. a single poster um and I don't think he interacts with anybody. He's just futzing around with the tape while Major Briggs is sitting there and the log lady shows up. Uh, can you still hear me? Yep. She gets chewed out by um, uh, Norma. Yeah, don't stick gum on my freaking Yeah, don't stick boots. gum on my walls or tables. And she just looks like angry at Norma for telling her. Then uh, we get her log delivering a, le- a message to Major Briggs. Uh, let me see what I wrote here. Uh, gets called out for regarding the gum. Oh yeah, and she's like, she mentions like his awards or whatever, and she's like, "Are you proud of your shiny like?" The, she's like you wear shiny metal on your on your you know chest chest and yes then, i do yeah yes i do and she's like are you proud of that and he's like no achievement is its own reward <laughs> pride pride muddles it what does he say yeah, yeah. Oh, it, was a, it was a clever line though i liked it yeah pride just uh uh muddies it or or, or murks it up or something yeah but like it's i it, like i said major Briggs is from a whole different show um <laughs> Then the the message delivered by the log is deliver the message, and uh, we'll circle back to that. But Major Briggs is like, yes, I think I know. Um, this log definitely knows too much. This log, some the log is the killer. Uh, this is like a Chef Boyardee commercial. <laughs> yeah, it just it just rolls over on it and Laura until they're dead. Um, we go to the police station. Lucy's chasing a fly around. We're cutting between Lucy chasing a fly and Andy pacing in front of the police station. Uh, Andy comes in to explain that he's infertile. And the way he explains it is that he volunteered to be a sperm donor because he wanted to do his duty or service or something. Which is just like, what? And I don't know if you caught this. He also said, and I like whales. 
<laughs> sperm. I did not catch that actually. <laughs> I swear to God, I I like paused it and I was like, "What?" Um, I <laughs> I I think I, he said that, and then I didn't get the bath joke though. Um, I I think. Yeah, I thought I didn't have to take a... They, they said I was sterile, so I thought I didn't have to take a bath anymore. I think he might be referring to, like, sterile showers. Oh, That's yeah, my right. best bet, is that, like, oh, like, I don't have to take a shower, I don't have to take a bath, because I'm sterile, like, I'm clean. <laughs> um, and he explains that he's 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 been told he's infertile, so... Like, Lucy, how can you be pregnant? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And she just slams the, uh, she takes a piece of tape off of him and he thinks she's going in for a kiss. And then she slams the, uh, window glass. or whatever, the, the glass in front of him. He likes whales. Uh, we get the <laughs> Hank inside. Do, uh, uh, just like, do my duty. Like, what duty do you have to donate sperm? <laughs> we get to uh, Hank staring at a, uh, a prize uh, buck on a wall. Of, with the fucking <laughs> plaque under no, it that says buck the buck stops stopped here. here, stopped here. <laughs> um, it's just it's just a quick scene of Hank being shitty and signing like his parole paperwork or whatever. Um, Stay out of trouble. Let me find out they used to be friends. Yeah, that that Hank used to be a bookhouse boy. Um, and you know, Cooper intuits that they used to be friends. Um, because he knows everything. Because he knows everything, and then Lucy transfers that call between uh Ben and Harry, but does it uh explaining everything to everybody every time, and it takes like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one with the blinking light. <laughs> You're right to transfer the call, uh, only for uh Ben to get on the phone and be like, "Yeah, Audrey's missing." She's been missing for, I don't know, two or three days. <laughs> Great fathering. Um, then we go to Ben and Jerry again. Uh, I believe J- Jerry's walking in the room, flying the little insurance contract, and he explains that, you know, uh, Catherine didn't sign it. So that kind of throws a wrench in their plans. And, Which, let's be real, they are not above just forging that signature, so why does it matter? <laughs> yeah, like, fuck, at this point. Well, I think that that lawyer's a witness to it, so... Oh, uh, yeah, that's true, you're right. That might fuck him, but... Um, they they need to call Iceland, uh, or Leland comes in, right? Yeah, Leland comes in and then reveals that he like, completely botched everything. <laughs> yes, he comes in and he's like, oh, we need to be on damage control... Somebody should probably call Iceland and let him know uh, about all this stuff, but say that, like, we're on top of it, we're going to fix it, and it's not a problem. And then they... He's so proud of himself. (laughs) Right. As he's saying this, they're already on, like, hold, waiting for Iceland to pick up. And Iceland picks up, only for them to be like, oh, yeah, Leland called us and uh, (laughs) told us the bad news. And he's just, like, they're giving them thumbs up. And they get pretty pissed at Leland, and um, Leland sees a picture, the one a picture of Bob, says it's like, oh, I know this man, he lived next to my grandfather's house on this lake or whatever, right? And um, he runs out of the room, and I think Jerry, Ben tells Jerry, like, kill Leland for me, and like, I just need him to be out of our lives or whatever, and... um, You can't tell if he's joking. (laughs) Yeah, and Jerry's like, is this real, Ben? Or some twisted dream. <laughs> um, there's a lot of there's a lot of meta shit about like dreams and dreaming because uh, David Lynch, he's he's a big like um, there's a whole school of meditation he's very like into. So there's like there's a whole thing about dreams and dreams within dreams and like. This show, like this soap opera, being a dream is like one of them. So he must have just really loved Saint Elsewhere. Yeah, right. Um, so there's a lot of like I think I think it's been in a couple episodes now where like I think Maddie last episode was like I feel like I'm in some kind of dream while I'm here, 
Like it's it's like little things like that that I think are, are Lynchian influence that people like to read a lot into and you know when we wrap it all up maybe uh we'll see if it means anything but we get the leo in a coma he's very hairy um that was jay boner's comment when we first I watched it like why is this noticed so that as well uh <laughs> it's, you know what it is it's because they have the mirror facing the camera of just his chest <laughs> so you see you see his hair his chest hair twice um it sounds like he's like lucky to be alive at all because like the bullet was like lodged in his spine and he lost a lot of blood yeah. and went into like a coma should, should be dead <laughs> like, and Shelly's comment is uh, is he a vegetable or is he in any pain <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like yeah, are they going to put him in prison do I need to give a statement and uh, the Donna's dad the town doctor like takes you know take like, kind of comforts her and, and then they leave and you just say Leona, you know, as a vegetable. All right, but his eyes kind of open up. Do they? I don't. I don't know if that. Okay, so it must not be on purpose then, because I went back and looked at it, and they clearly like. If you watch the scene where they zoom in on the mirror, yeah, you can see his eyes open a little bit. Well, I, I mean, his eyes are going to be open. Not to spoil anything. I don't think this really doesn't spoil much, but. Yeah, his, his eyes will be open in the next episode. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think... Well, I'm just curious. Like, was it... Yeah. Is he? F- I was just thinking maybe he's oh, faking he, the coma he, somehow. Like, I, I don't know if you can fake a coma. I'm not a doctor, but... Uh, they, they did it in Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we go to... Um, Uh, Lucy, somebody's trying to call Lucy and she just says over and over again, I can't connect you with Sheriff Truman if you don't tell me what your name is. And she's like, I'm sorry, I can't get like, it's like three or four times and then hangs up on the person. Um, I don't, I don't know. Do we learn who that is? I don't know. I've never watched the show. <laughs> I mean, in this episode, I, I think, I think it's no. supposed to to be implied it's Audrey because the next scene is Audrey um, so Audrey's in the brothel and here, here we go I took a lot of notes on this um, she's trying to sneak into the room with Emery her former former manager at the uh, horn department store to interrogate him but she gets in there also when- why did she need to ask him any of these questions like I'm pretty sure she's figured this all out on her own yeah um Oh, one of the other girls warns her about him or whatever. So she goes into this room. And there's a lot going on. There's there's a lot. Going on. So, there's a lot going on. That is an understatement. <laughs> so the 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 young sex worker in there is dressed as a cowgirl, a sexy cowgirl, uh, while vacuuming, and Emery is tied up uh, on his back. And his nails, his toenails are painted specifically. And I think, I don't know if his feet are tied. Her, his oh. feet are tied. Okay, his feet are it's tied. general bondage. It's, well, it's, it's the, the bondage and blindfold and vacuum and uh, nail painting. And then the ice is a part of it too. Um, <laughs> well, here comes the cold storm or something. Uh, my little, my little frosty or something. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I just wrote like, why is the vacuum cleaner? Or, or like, why <laughs> why is the vacuum cleaner? Um, so eventually, it Audrey like silently like berates this other girl to like leave, and she's like, no, and it, they go back and forth, and Audrey eventually convinces her to leave, and she unplugs the vacuum. She doesn't turn it off, which I can't imagine is good for the electronics, and no, especially um, back then, she starts a, a small fire, but. Uh, <laughs> She unplugs the vacuum and he's like, why is the vacuum off? Um, I think she she mentions bringing the ice and he's like, ooh, like like my my little frosty or whatever. And then I like, yeah, here in my notes, tied up, toenails, vacuum, frosty for the ice I, and the cowgirl thing. Um, she wraps a, a fucking the vacuum cord. I guess that's why she unplugged it around his neck and um, like threatens him to tell her everything. And he does. Um but again, why? <laughs> you're so, just you're you're drawing attention to yourself 
for information you already know. Yes, I don't have an exit plan. Um, so she she does this. Also, it, do we just assume that she's living at this brothel? Um, it's been two days. She just hasn't left. Like, the. Is that just a thing? You just live at the brothel forever? Well, no, you don't because all the most of the other girls are working at like the perfume counter or their Laura or their uh, Ronette where they're going back home. Like, it's yeah. Not... Why is she still there? <laughs> right. Um, wild. So trapped. Air quotes trapped there. Um, so, yeah. So uh, he thre- she threatens him to you know get the police involved get her dad involved whatever and learns that her dad is the owner of one-eyed jacks and that laura and Rana were recruited and worked there but laura was kicked out because she was using drugs um and laura always gets what she wants wild yeah that, that comment gets made wild to me that um Blackie is a heroin addict, somehow facilitated by the horns, and Laura using drugs, the heroin that the horns are connected to fucking selling through Jacques and that crowd, uh, kick her out of their brothel. So, I, like, who knows the scenario, but... That's the pot calling the kettle Blackie. Yeah. hey That's a 10 out of 10 joke. <laughs> That's what all two listeners are here for. Uh, we kept the, I, I assume your favorite scene of the show, Shelly and Bobby uh, trying to take advantage oh of disability. Oh my god. Um, Just be more of a fucking dickhole. Don't worry. This will bite them in the ass. Uh, I mean, it can only bite them in the <laughs> ass. This is just a terrible idea. Yeah. Like, Shelly wants to just kind of like get over with and like not have Leo in her life and Bobby's which like which is the smart thing because yes. the man almost killed her yes like legit attempted murder tried to kill her twice <laughs> and beat her a lot um but Bobby's like yeah, you know I'll we can live together and it's like five thousand was it five thousand dollars a month is that what he said yeah she's like a wild estimation at the which time. Yeah, which is also a monstrous amount of disability for a truck driver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, who, who took that policy out? <laughs> maybe we should investigate that. Um, we go to Cooper. Okay, we got like three scenes left. Cooper talking to uh, Diane. Uh, he's going over the events that Wyndham Merle has vanished. Um He's also very concerned about Audrey. Yeah, very concerned about Audrey. Uh, it kind of goes through explaining how it's personal to him. And then uh, uh, Major Briggs knocks on the door and comes in. And Briggs doesn't share what he does for the army, but says that part of his job is monitoring deep space like monitors, I guess, like for noise. He's, 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 he searches for aliens. He searches for aliens, and he's like, most of the time it's space garbage. But then, you know, I guess when he got, when Cooper got shot, it, around the time Cooper got shot, it said that the jumble of, of letters and, and numbers aligned to say the owls are not what they seem. Um, and then Cooper, several times later in the, in the day, in the, at that point in the day, I think. Um, like Cooper, he, I think he says Cooper three times, but you can see that it's printed there like five times. Because um, I was, as, as he was going over this, I was like, how do you, how do you know it's just not, if it's, if it's, you know, chimpanzees typewriter, Shakespeare kind of thing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. But I guess if it says Cooper five times, like that's undeniable. And then like this, because at first I was like trying to remember the scene. And I was like, I think it just says Cooper once. And I was like, if it's just as Cooper once, like that's, you know. That's just bad police work. Yeah, it's just bad police work. But clearly it says Cooper like five times and the sentence, the owls are not what they seem. Um, then we go to uh, a wild scene of the Scoobies recording a song. Oh my God. Are they, I don't even know, are they covering a song? It kind of sounded like they were 
just dubbing over a Beatles song or something weird. Yeah, I have I have no fucking clue. I, I I'm so uninterested in their story. But this and is, it just wasn't good. None of it was good. This is the scene. This is the scene I always think of as like my least favorite part of the Scoobies. It's just this nonsense. So they're recording the song, and the point of this is like. Donna's making eyes at James and James making eyes at her and then Maddie starts to make eyes at James and James... I was just full on I was just full on expecting a threesome at that point. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> then James is making eyes at Maddie and then upset and jealous and storms off and then he chases her and then they make out. Um <laughs> I uh uh it she gets a call from Harold Smith. Um and I think she, she goes to take it in the hall or something. And uh, while all this is going on, Maddie is alone and she sees Bob. Um, and every time we see Bob, it is just creepy. Un- unnerving. I think, honestly, I think um, the the actor is past now, but I, I don't even know if he's like primarily an actor. I think he was like a fucking like, I think the story goes he was like a, a um, an assistant or a grip or something, and then he just accidentally was in the in the mirror during one of the shots, um, in like the first two episodes or something. So somebody was pointing it out to to David Lynch and Mark Frost, and David Lynch was just like, "I like this guy's look. We're gonna make him Bob." Like, <laughs> I, I like the cut of his jib. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I think somebody, I think a really, really minor like actress did an interview one time and she's like, somebody was asking her, like, oh, did David Lynch have it all planned out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And like Bob is in the second episode or something and she, she was near a conversation, in a conversation where like he's like, you see that guy? Like, that's the bad guy or something like that. And she's like, he always had it planned out. Like, because at this point, we we assume Bob is involved in this murder somehow. Whoever this, oh, Bob. we've seen the coma. Oh yeah, we've seen, you've seen him. You've seen him do it. <laughs> yeah, like we know it's him. <laughs> right, right. So he says he says to that actress, her story is like he looked at me and he pointed at Bob, the actor who plays Bob, and he's like, you know, you see that guy? That's the guy, or whatever. And like, whatever. I, <laughs> I, I, I think it's interesting if that is if the the first story is true that like. He just fucking fumbled his way into a scene. <laughs> and David Lynch was just like, yes, let's go with it. Um, hilarious, if true. So, I've heard crazier <laughs> stories in a show this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's Harrison Ford was a carpenter, right? Um, yep. She she sees Bob. Every scene with Bob is unsettling. This one continues to be. He, he crawls into the camera. Like, he doesn't just approach <laughs> Maddie. Like, he he goes over like a table and like <laughs> probably damaged a camera. <laughs> um, she freaks out. They go uh, kind of try to comfort her, and that's that's the end of that. Um, then we just get- like the way he walks and the way that he moves on the screen is like it is unnerving is the right word for it. And it's like I'm not, you know, I love horror movies. I love all that kind of stuff. And like even that gets me a little bit. It's like, dude, this I don't like this. Like, yeah, well, everything, dude, everything with him, like the 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 jump cuts where he's at the foot of the bed, or um, that that was that last episode, the fucking the murder scene. Yeah, um, well, Ronette's like vision, vision dream it, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, like the um, way he does it, the way he looks at the camera, his face, just in general, like they they, they did it right. I think. I think Jay or one of the other guys from Letter Media says it in um, seven episode seven, maybe. Um, we get a scene with Bob, which one of them says it's it's Jay or the other guy, uh, not Mike, but like uh, the one with glasses, he's balding, who's like, um, this is probably the most unnerving scene ever put on like national television <laughs> uh so where it's gonna get weirder with bob um who we don't know a lot about right now 
I think the biggest lead we have is that uh, Leland says Bob lived at his uh, near his grandfather's house. So final scene. Uh, I think it's the giant waving his hand over Cooper, right? Yeah, we we don't see the giant in this episode. We don't know whether it's just like a flashback or what. Yeah. But he's Cooper's reminded of um, like the owls, yeah, the owls, and then he gets a scene of Bob's face turning into an owl. Um, just doesn't make any sense. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Bob's Bob's connection to the owls. Yeah. Um. Is it just like who did it? Who who who? Yeah, you got it. You crack, crack David Lynch. Um. Then the the actual final scene is Audrey getting caught. She calls. Yeah, she calls Cooper right and wakes him up. Yeah. And uh, I saw, to... says I saw you in her talks. You looked like a movie star. So yeah. he clearly knows where she is because he's not stupid. He's in fact the smartest <laughs> um so yeah she she kind of gives him a hint before the the phone is hung up by blackie and emery who um have c- captured her or caught her um and that's the end of that episode you said it's a good one um right now given what we know who do you think killed laura palmer <laughs> uh, it was uh, deputy. Uh... <laughs> uh, deputy, deputy Andy. Burton. Yeah, deputy know. Andy. But uh, uh, no, no, no. We're, we've retired that question. It's um. Do you feel like you know who shot Cooper? In any more understanding? No, honestly, I, I really didn't even think about that. Uh, they mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, but I really haven't thought about it at all. Um. I mean the. Obvious answer is uh, the dude from jail. Why well, I was blanking. Oh, Hank, Hank, Hank. Yeah. Yeah, but he was busy murdering another person. That's a hell of an alibi. That's the best alibi. Is to just kill another person. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be in two places killing people at once, Judge. <laughs> Double this, jeopardy. This is a mistrial. <laughs> um. I couldn't have intentionally killed this person while I was accidentally killing a different person. It's I like, mean, we we know that his old partner is out of the mental hospital, so maybe yeah. that Windemurl. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we've also got our our business looking Asian man that we don't know at all. Yes. Oh, oh, don't worry. Everything with the uh, Eastern Asian uh, plotline is going to get um, real racist <laughs> in the next couple of episodes. <laughs> is he from Tibet? Oh, God, I wish. That'd be great. Um, it's Honestly, it's probably the, the part of the show that has aged the worst is coming up in the next couple of episodes, <laughs> but you'll, you'll see. Um, no, so it's, it's... I feel like we... We really haven't. We, I, I think this is one of the episodes where we haven't added really more questions. Um, it didn't answer all that much either, but it did kind of progress things a little bit. Right, right. So it's like it was more than a filler episode, right? right but it also right. didn't do all that much. It, it didn't feel like a filler in the text grand context of the show. It was a very good episode. It's one of. Uh, the best episodes we've watched and like they don't really progress the the lore investigation other than i mean uh, the thing is what we learn audibly is things we already knew right so we already knew um jerry uh ben owned one-eyed jacks right although i guess we do it's, learn it's stuff that it's stuff that we knew as yeah. the audience members, but the characters themselves are finding the information. I think I, I don't think we officially knew that Ronette and Laura worked at the brothel. It was very heavily implied, but yeah, this is I think this is the first time it's been definitively told to us. I guess we've been given the lead of Mr. Smith and the, the weird Tremont stuff. Um, the Maddie, you know, seeing Bob. I think wasn't there a comment about how many people have seen Bob? 
um, in the first episode. Like three people have seen him or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, that was part of like the hint, right? Three people yeah, yeah. haven't seen his body, and it's it, it's what because it's Cooper, Maddie, and Sarah, and now Leland is four. Well, maybe um, Leland's familiar with the face. I guess that doesn't really count. He hasn't had a vision. Uh, but yeah, like I mean. The, so like, why is why is Bob just showing these people's visions? What is his connection with the Force? <laughs> um, well, it's, he's been in Cooper's, Ronettes, and the mothers. The mothers. Those are the only people that we know have officially seen Bob. I don't think the mother's seen him recently. She only saw him in the first episode. Yeah, uh, second, I think. Is it? It's at the foot of the bed or something, right? Um, yeah, super unnerving again. Because it's just his freaking face, that creepy looking man. Like, <laughs> um, Maddie's got the worst vision. Uh, Cooper, Cooper gets a bunch of them, but it's just like Bob reciting poetry and being like, I will kill again. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, all in all, good episode. I, uh, what stuck out to you as the your least favorite uh, part or least favorite actions by the characters? I, I'm going to go on a limb and I assume it's the insurance fraud or the singing. <laughs> Definitely the singing. Anything the Scooby game because <laughs> just, oh my God, that scene just happened. I was just like, what the fuck? What is happening right now? It's a like, long who, scene. <laughs> and who's your... Who does that? Like, let's just set up a microphone and you'll be my backup singers while I play the guitar. But let's not actually, like, sing anything. We'll just uh... <laughs> say over and over again, and you and I, I think. And you um, and I, and you and I love you, and you love me. <laughs> yes. Um, it's, um, uh, it's real soft boy hour shit. Uh, classic James. He's so soft. He's I love that he's so soft, and he's like, oh, he's tough. He hangs out with the bikers, and then that never comes back again. It's just like being... <laughs> Him being channeling James Dean and like having the Derek Zoolander face on the whole time, like <laughs> that's yeah, I like that Zoolander face. It's 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 just real soft boy hours. Okay. Oh, what's happening? Oh, me. Oh, look, you look just like her, and you're. I love you instead. <laughs> James is the real antagonist. Um, <laughs> also. Side note, the uh, Shelly and Bobby scene. And he's like, why don't you change the channel? And then they scroll the radio. Mm-hmm. No one's ever scrolled a radio station to perfect non-static <laughs> like that. Well, in Twin Peaks, where the air is clean, um, <laughs> you got, there's one radio station. That's fair. Uh, yeah. And then, okay, so what was your, uh, what was your favorite scene this, this episode? Um. Oh man, there were a lot of good ones. It was I love the uh, weird ass scene with the stupid kid magician. I think the chair scene is the best. <laughs> <laughs> the the chair scene is definitely uh, uh, up there. I thought you were gonna say they're gonna say Ben and Jerry and the pig. I was gonna. Yeah, that was my next. I'm like kind of like scrolling over the bar right now, looking at everything. I love like well, we're not gonna burn my smoked gouda. About the hickory sticks. Yeah, the hickory sticks line. Well, also, I I don't know. It's got to be the direction of, of the, the directors who are telling Jerry to deliver his lines this episode. Like, <laughs> I can't even describe how, he, how this man is speaking. Like, it's like he's a child. Well, it's like the weirdest, like, like up inflections on everything he's saying. I don't. I don't know how to describe it because he. It's like it, <laughs> everything is this real or is this just a dream? <laughs> yeah. Um. If fuck, it feels like he's he's like in a high school play or something, right? Yeah. Like he's purpose. Like he's clearly purposely acting bad. Yes. Yes. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like it's it's. It's like <laughs> ethereal's the wrong term for it, but it's like it's like wispy, and it's like he's 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 trying to act. He's but he trying can't. to act, but can't. It's like he's he's somewhere else. 
like completely like he's not like there it's so weird just all those deliveries the hickory sticks um (laughs) i i can't even imitate them like perfectly it's just it's so odd he's not always like that jerry jerry is probably the least consistent acted character i don't know why I think that's just the directors don't know what to do with him. And yeah. or like Lynch has they, idea. Everybody else has different ideas for how this Jerry character interacts with everybody. He's also a useless character. So far he hasn't done like anything. Well sometimes sometimes he's just like the funny, stupid brother, and then like that's I mean, that's kind of like what he is. And but his deliveries are more like in, in some episodes he's like, you know, uh Ben Jr., right? He's just like, I'm also mustache twirling and evil. Uh, and then there's scenes like this where he's like a child like whimsy at, <laughs> uh, on everything. Um, and then like the, the you know, you need to kill Leland scene. He's like, is this real or some sort of twisted dream? Um, like I. That character. Is ridiculous. Um <laughs> Uh, this isn't a spoiler. That character's in season three, <laughs> uh, and it's out there what he's doing apparently. So okay, all in all, good episode. I don't have anything else to to, to close on. I don't know if you do. Um, um, we've got we've got this thing at school on Thursday. Um, okay, but part of it, it's like it's calling it like stress less day. Mm-hmm. And kids get to do different stuff. I'm going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons actually with the kids. That'll be fun. Oh, wow. Um, but that'll be it. fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I was thinking about Dungeons and Dragons and you know how it's like this like grid system and you gotta keep your characters in the right spot and you gotta attack stuff. Five feet, five feet, everything's five. every Yeah. Well, it got me thinking about another similar game called Stratego. Never heard of it. Um it's this game. It's also a grid, and like you put your pieces inside the grid, and you can move them like one piece at a time. And you got to go try to capture your opponent's flag, <laughs> and you set it up as you're like devising a different strategies, and you do different stuff with it. Yeah, it's a fun game. You should give it a try. Uh, maybe maybe one weekend instead of playing D and D, we'll just do a round robin of Stratego. So is this an octagonal grid or are we talking squares triangles it's, it's squares with a couple spots that you can't go so you're like kind of funneled uh, into certain areas okay i see i see this is all coming together now in my brain my mind's eye <laughs> <laughs> with that we'll call it a podcast <laughs> all right night man have a good one night <laughs>